Welcome to the artist interviews for the Architectures of Hiding Symposium organized by Cryptic. Um, I'm uh, Ryan Steck, the Artistic Director at Art Engine, and I'm here with Pallavi. Hi, I'm Pallavi, and I am one of the coordinators of Cryptic, as well as the co uh, one of the co-conveners of Architectures of Hiding Symposium. Great, and we're here with uh, Heather Lear, who's uh, an assistant professor in the Department of Art at the University of Calgary, uh, which is in Treaty 7 region of Southern Alberta. Hi, Heather, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm good, thank you. Thanks That's for having me. That's good, welcome. Um, so uh, we're going to get right into it. We have a few simple questions that will, I'm sure, uh, emerge as complex answers. Um, but let's start with the the uh, the, the one about um, what was sort of the inspiration for making your piece avert. Um, how did the work sort of evolve from this inspirational idea into the work we now have? Yeah, thanks for that question. So kind of a, I guess, a long answer um, in, in some way, because the work of Vert is really about, um, comes from a place, um, comes from inspiration uh, from my own life. Um, and so it's based off of, you know, experiences I've had kind of throughout my whole life, particularly maybe starting from when I was like a young teenager, so a child, um, uh, and uh was moving through space and started to realize that, you know, my body as a woman um, uh, started to attract particular kind of experiences. So experiences with street harassment um, in particular. Um, and so the project really uh, came to fruition more so um, in 2017, thinking about um, uh, experiences of street harassment, you know, throughout my life as probably most women experience. Um, and then uh, kind of throughout the period between maybe 2013 and 2016, I actually had a couple experiences um, with uh, more um, uh, violent experiences um, within public spaces, experiences with um, sexual assault. Um, and so taking those experiences, I started to kind of uh, record um, how um, the way or how I endure with those experiences affects the way that I would move through public space. Um, and so that those recordings came in the form of um, writing notes, just kind of uh, reflecting upon different experiences I had during my daily life. Um, also, um, uh, I did work on kind of a photography series where I actually kind of documented um, my uh, myself um, as I kind of uh, moved through space at certain times, uh, public space. Um, and so in 2017, I was commissioned to do a project for Art in the Open, um, which is a art at night festival, um, kind of like Nuit Blanche. This one's in Charlottetown, PEI. Um, and so um, I was commissioned to do a project for that. Um, and in discussion with the project curator, Darcy Wilson, um, I, I proposed this project to um, actually make those kind of uh, uh, aspects of, um, or those, those things that I had recorded. Um, so whether it be notes um, or uh, the photographs I'd taken of myself in a negotiating public space, um, I, I proposed to 
um, create life-size artworks of myself um, representing those experiences that would then be installed within um, Charlottetown PEI for this Art at Night Festival. And this was an interesting project because these Art at Night Festivals, I think, are mostly really kind of celebratory. Um, so a lot of really like fun, exciting, playful artwork happens at these events. Um, but my piece of art is, is quite serious in many ways. It does actually have, it has a humorous element um, where I kind of push sometimes um, the boundaries between kind of like how, between the seriousness of, of, um, of uh, having to protect oneself within public space, having to um, adjust oneself, uh, this feeling of, um, uh, of, uh, being scared um, of violence um, and and how that also kind of can make uh, me maybe do kind of maybe more silly things like hide. Um, and so anyways, I, I created this piece uh, first for this Art at Night Festival. And so it kind of brought this serious tone um, to this Art at Night Festival where it highlighted, you know, the ways in which um, women in particular might uh, be moving through these spaces where this celebratory event is happening, but also feeling unsafe. Um, so inspiration, um, uh, I guess, to kind of tie a bow on that, come from a lifetime of experience, um, but then particular kind of more violent experiences um, in uh, maybe five years ago or so, um, and then uh, kind of bringing that into fruition um, for this Art at Night Festival. Uh, was the first iteration. I did. I was really that that was such a beautiful answer. And uh, what I was thinking of while you were talking, Heather, was the idea of auto ethnography, right? Uh, this idea that you're using your own experiences to talk about, and that really follows into my next question: uh, How did this piece, which was probably um, representing that auto ethnographical approach uh, what kind of challenges that did that bring for you or when when you were making that piece or exhibiting it talking about it articulating it what kind of uh, challenges did that pose for you yeah thanks for that you know I think that broadly uh, all of the work that I'm kind of creating now including the avert project does relate to these traumatic experiences. And so that obviously, um, that, that I've experienced. And so I think that can obviously be a emotional challenge at times. Um, that being said, I think I'm, I, I come at this work from a really privileged position where those, um, where I feel as though, you know, I, I am able to speak to these experiences. And so that, that's absolutely a privilege that I have. Um, Challenges in, in making the work, you know, if, if I think a little bit maybe more practical and then conceptual um, on a kind of practical technical level, um, these works are, um, I really wanted them to really integrate with the existing architecture, the existing environments where they would be installed. Um, and so um, I, I decided to create these works um, using processes that really come from my maybe a bit more traditional printmaking background. Um, and so although they are inkjet prints, they're inkjet prints on um, Kozo papers. So they're these more traditional Japanese papers. Um, and by printing um, 
well, first of all, it's a bit of a challenge to print on those uh, particular papers. Um, so uh, big shout out to some of my uh, technical uh, supports uh, that I've had over the years. Um, uh, but um, uh, th then I use a process um, that kind of, it it's a similar process to a traditional process in printmaking called Shinko Lei, where we use a rice paste to adhere uh, prints to paper, typically. So prints on like a, a Japanese paper, a Koso paper, a washi paper, um, onto a thicker um, rag or cotton-based paper. Um, so it's an adapted process where, or I use an adapted process where I use that rice paste and uh, prints on this washi paper um, and adhere those to um, things like um, cement walls <laughs> um, or brick walls or cinder blocks. Um, these these uh, are existing kind of buildings um, or glass and things like that. Um, so this can be a challenge, I guess. Um, I, well, I use this process um, because it really allows the uh, prints to, to appear as much as possible as though they're part of that architecture. Um, so the paper is almost kind of transparent. Um, and so it, it appears um, less, I guess, thicker like than if I was to use like a vinyl print or something like that. Um, so more integrated, a bit more subtle. Um, so this poses, you know, technical challenges in terms of um, navigating uh, uh, the different surfaces in which I'm adhering the work. So um, I kind of, uh, in, in the iteration for the Architectures of a Hiding Symposium, um, I tried to adhere the work to like really, really textured, like surfaces at the University of Calgary, um, which uh, was a challenge um, to uh, ensure that those pieces stuck. So it didn't always stick to every surface. Um, and then, you know, the other, the other side of things technically, um, before I move to kind of a little bit more on the conceptual side of things is um, the fact that these are existing within nature. And so um, if it rains, uh, these work, um, will likely come down uh, because they're adhered with water soluble materials. So um, uh, since we're in this heat wave, um, that hasn't been a problem. Um, we are expecting some showers coming up, but um, so, so the fact that these become really ephemeral um, can be a challenge. I also see it as kind of a, a really uh, interesting part of the project because um, these pieces, these images of me within public space, they pop up um, whenever I, I've done a, so I've done, this will be the third iteration of this project. So they pop up within a space that maybe most people are just kind of used to walking through. Um, so they can kind of be a surprise within that space, an intervention within that space. And so for them to also pop up and then disappear, maybe in, in a short time frame, I like that aspect of it um, because they, they won't ever become kind of part of the everyday um, where they will go completely unnoticed, I don't think. Um, so I like that ephemerality. It is a challenge, though, too. Um, and then in the most, in the iteration right now at the University of Calgary, for the first time, I actually had two of the pieces destroyed. Um, so somebody came down and tore them down. Um, and so that was also kind of a, ch a challenge uh, to think about, you know, why would somebody do that? I mean, um, uh, especially when it's kind of, you know, a, a project that um, it's about violence in a, 
is completely about violence. Um, to me, this is kind of a violent act of form of work. Um, so that's a bit of a challenge. Um, I think uh, it uh, the strength as well of the ephemerality is that fragility that is embedded in that um, in that process that you spoke of is really a strong part of the work and really gets at um, some of that tension that you're putting into the work and trying to ask the public to consider. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's sort of um, this idea that fragile things need care. Um, so these works are all fragile um, in the, in the public environment. They're trying to speak to um, the way we interact with each other. Um, and so I think there's something quite, quite strong in the way it's a really um wonderful part of the materiality of the project and its relationship to the material in the public environment, especially because I think, um, you know, when you, you said about the paper, paper is this very intimate, very personal, um, uh, like material that uh, is very ephemeral in public space and is often, you know, hardly seen except as, you know, side posts or, you know, someone left behind, but it's, it's a very personal material. So that, that's a really strong uh, part of the project as well. I agree, Heather. I mean, uh, looking at the work and especially you talking about that uh, story about someone coming and destroying the work, um, it doesn't probably they don't understand the significance of the work or um, this idea of a temporary structure within the permanent one uh, is uncomfortable for many people, right? But I think it's such a wonderful critique, your work on this idea of uh, gender-based violence or even violence in general. It's this idea about how the understanding uh, reaches people in different ways. People interpret the same work in different ways, uh, depending on their positions in life, right? Um, and how uh, we can get into that into another discussion, but this idea between the author and reader and how uh, what happens in between, uh, it's it's really fascinating to hear about how you make the work and how some people interpret it or misinterpret it uh, is is a fascinating conversation in itself. But I, I quickly wanted to also ask you, you said this is probably the third iteration of the work. And um, what were the other previous two called i know you call this work for architectures of hiding uh, avert but how did you name it differently in the uh, previous iterations yeah thanks for that question um no it's always i've always named it the avert kind of project um but it has kind of evolved um over the this is the yeah like, as i said the third iteration um and so it's evolved um in a way where each each project, um, I've, I've reused some of the images that I created from the first one, um, but I also add new images each time. And I think that that has been a really interesting part of the project. Um, uh, given... Um, given how, you know, my life changes. And so it is based off of my experience. So who I am and how I navigate the world has changed a lot in the four years since I first began this project. Um, and so one example of that um, is, um, I think within the, the most recent iteration, um, I've created a little bit more nuance um, 
One example is um, thinking about how folks can, um, uh, as an, an aversion strategy, um, avoidance or an avoidance behavior, um, how one can change direction or change routes when navigating space. Um, and so I tried to embody that within a piece. Um, and so one of the works um, has is an image of myself walking one direction, um, and it's but it's quite far away from another image that shows me kind of walking back. Um, so um, it's a subtle representation of, um, I, I think, an aversion strategy. Um, but um, yeah, that's definitely a little bit more nuanced than maybe the first iteration of the project. Um, so um, where, where in the first iteration, I think I had more actual representation of hiding, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, yeah, and, it, and if it's okay, I'd love to speak to just briefly, um, you know, a, a couple of the points that both of you made there about kind of, and, and this idea of autoethnography within this work. Um, and I think it's really important to touch on this idea that, you know, I'm using myself, um, but myself is a white, cis, able-bodied settler woman. Um, and so I, I, it is a very particular experience that I am representing. Um, and so I think that I, I just want to touch on the fact that I think that I use myself as um, my own experience as an example, but but in no way does it speak to every experience. And so this idea of um, of the, yeah the relationship between kind of audience or of uh, artist and viewer and what happens in between. Um, I do hope that you know um, that that or I do know that the work doesn't speak to every experience. But I hope that maybe there's some um, uh, uh, ways in which uh, folks from different experiences can uh, relate in different ways. And I think definitely it gives uh, people uh, who probably are having similar experiences um, some kind of a support in, in through your piece, saying that it's you know something that we should be talking about, and, and there are different ways to negotiate through that. So I think that that really is the strongest message that in my opinion goes out through your piece so don't know i sorry i interrupted you ryan go ahead um well i think uh it's it's important that um work doesn't always speak to every or in fact it's it's a bit kind of a problem if it speaks to everyone um uh it's it's important to have these specificities recognized i think that's um uh, one of the really strong parts of when art is engaging ideas um, in this way, it's because it's making something um, kind of visible um, and, and acknowledging its experience, but creating a kind of poetic environment for that to be reflected upon. I think that goes with what Pallavi saying there too, that it, um, that it, it creates a kind of uh, recognition as well as a conceptual framework, but also for those um, who can see, uh, who are maybe experiencing it, who, who, who see the works in a completely different way. So that's a really important uh, component of it. Um, Thank you. So for um, 
you know, we wanted to, to touch specifically on the theme of the symposium um, around how your work negotiates the tension between the hidden and the shown. Um, obviously, that's very much at the center of your work of, of this idea of presence and hiding. Um, uh, but I wonder in this, um, if I can add to the question of thinking about the spatial dimension of how you situate the work um, through these ideas of, of, um, of hiding um, and, and, uh, and revealing, because it, your work becomes in each instance a site-specific thing in which you're thinking about the architectures of those spaces. Um, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about um, some of those elements. I guess more broadly, um, for me, these, uh, the gestures that are represented, the avoidance behaviors and protective strategies, such as kind of having our keys between my fingers, um, as an example of a protective strategy. Um, when, when I do these things within public space, I think that they very much go unnoticed. Um, and so to me, this idea of like something being less than noticed um, uh, is an important part of the project. Um, and so there's this uh, this balance um, that's very fragile in the project between making these these uh, avoidance behaviors, protective strategies, making those visible, um, but also um, inserting them within public space within the exact spaces that um, these violences occur um, in a way that is also subtle. <laughs> um, and so it, it, it's very much kind of a, a fragile balance. Um, and so, but I'm also interested in this subtlety, this fact that these, these works are hopefully really well integrated because these avoidance behaviors, protective strategies are unnoticed and are less than visible so much of the time. Or they're also about becoming invisible. Um, and so it is a balance. I think something that's so interesting to me about the project is how I'm just kind of making still these, these behaviors. And so by freezing them in time and positioning them within space, they do draw attention to the, to the actual images. Um, yet they're not billboard size or like in light. They're, they're still really subtle. And so it's a very precarious tension between hiding and revealing. And that's a fascinating part of the project to me. Um, if I, if I speak a little bit more to this idea of, you know, site specificity, um, but as the project has evolved, you know, in its first iteration, it was just kind of throughout downtown. I would find sites where the work integrated really well. Um, in the second iteration, I actually did this. Uh, created this piece for a conference in Spain. Um, and I got permission um, at that point because I couldn't go and do like a site visit to really understand what it would be like in that space. Um, but through kind of Google Street View, I was able to see that they had um, bus shelters everywhere. And this really inspired kind of the current iteration as well um, because the most kind of um, factual like experiences I've had that were um, the most violating um, were happened while I was uh, using public transportation or was waiting for a bus um, or on my way to the bus stop. Um, and so 
I became quite interested in how in, in those particular sites. And so when I did the iteration in Spain, the pieces were only on bus shelters. Um, I was able to get permission to do that, um, which was uh, really excellent. And so when I um, uh, was able to kind of uh, uh, request uh, from the University of Calgary to install this work um, uh, on our campus, I thought again about putting the work specifically um, in close proximity to like the trans one of the transit hubs um, on campus um, because again of that experience that I had um, and that I think like I think from anecdotally from friends that 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 is a common experience um, from conversations with other women um, the other thing that I think is interesting and when I proposed this project for architectures of hiding was this idea of this would be on a, a university campus. And I also think that's an important part of the project and, and something that um, I'm interested in touching on is how university campus is, particularly I think for, for young women, can be really volatile spaces. Um, and so um, that site specificity, I guess, for this particular iteration, um, uh, I think it's important to be both on the university campus, but also kind of near transit hub for those reasons. I'm thinking of after listening to you is the idea that you went to different scenarios, but also different countries and going to Spain and uh, doing it. And maybe the nature of things there uh, demand more uh, in terms of, you know, say getting permissions or um, how much can you hide? How much can you reveal? How much can you critique on uh, the the situation of things uh, there, I think that is very fascinating to me. Um, and I'm sure um, you must have felt that as well um, at different places. And the other thing that I, I really want to reiterate, I think, uh, Heather, is the fact that you're talking about this tension in your pieces where, one, they are still uh, works, they, they want to merge with the surrounding, yet stand apart. Um, so that people don't just not notice it. So it's, I think that that is great as a negotiation between hiding and revealing. Uh, and yeah, this conversation really makes me rethink that fine line uh, between hiding and revealing uh, with these pieces on site. Um, and the idea of ephemeral versus permanent, all those, you know, these binaries, really you're negotiating with these binaries in different ways. Right. Well, and it 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 uh, gets at the tension um, for um, the idea that you're suggesting um, uh, a character who is trying to withdraw, who is trying to hide, um, in order to reveal uh, some ideas of what happens. Um, so this, you know, it's a it's not really. Uh, a simple relationship between the, those two, um, those two sort of binaries. It's really about uh, kind of trying to reveal the complex space where we are, um, where we see something and don't see something. Um, and then also your suggestion that you brought up of, um, I think, how we perceive the shared space between us, the space of politics that we exist in, um, depends so much on your experiences of those space. So you mentioned those things that are, are not even seen, such as the keys and whatever, but different um, 
people will have different experiences of the space and so see safety issues or see, you know, um, other issues for themselves within the spaces where uh, other people, depending on your level of privilege, don't see. Um, So that's a really uh, sort of interesting and, and important part of the sort of subtleties in between this space. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much for thinking this through in such complex ways. But I I think, yeah, I would love to emphasize the fact that um, the that I think by creating this work in a subtle way, um, I, I do hope that it does touch on the fact that, as you said, these these issues are very complex. And so I'm not, you know, you doing something that's like really, really, I don't know bold um, and has a very, very straightforward um, uh, reading, um, there is so much nuance to it. And I think, I hope that that does speak to some of the complexities of these issues. Well, thanks very much. I I think um, that feels like a great place to end the conversation. Um, uh, So I I really uh, appreciate your uh, your time and your insight. Um, Pallavi, do you have anything I to just want to with? thank you, Heather, for taking the time and talking to us about your wonderful project. And uh, congratulations on achieving what you have through the piece. Um, and we're looking forward, uh, hopefully after the pandemic, if possible, to uh, see if we can still continue this in-person, this conversations at you know, we get some opportunity to do that in the future. But thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you both. It was really fantastic uh, to to specifically hear some of your your insights on the project or the, your observations of the project. I really appreciate that.